On today's edition of the Evangelist Podcast, we're looking at the Gospel Presentation 321. The Evangelist Podcast from Revival. Find out what's new in telling people the good news about God, the world, and you with Andy Brinkley and Glenn Scrivener. Welcome back to the Evangelist Podcast. This is the show where we encourage you in your witness to your friends, your family, and even complete strangers. If you like listening each week, we'd really appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. It helps us get seen by more people. Just go to revivalmedia.org slash iTunes. Uh, we'd be very grateful if you could leave us a review and rating there. So, Glenn, we're starting a new series this time, looking at mm. three, two, one. Can you tell us what three, two, one is? Three, two, one is a, a way of explaining the gospel uh, that talks about God, the world, and you. It talks about God's threeness and the world's twoness and your oneness. Um, so the three truths are: God is three persons united in love. That's the truth of three. Truth of two is that uh, the world is shaped by two representatives, Adam and Jesus. And then one is uh, you are born one with Adam. Will you be one with Jesus? That's the sort of the gospel presentation. And currently it exists as a a five minute sort of gospel video. And Mm -hmm. I guess we can have a link to that on the on the program page. Uh, And it exists as a course. So various churches are doing it as a three week evangelistic course. I'm currently uh, writing the book. Um, Three, two, one. Then there's the T-shirts and uh, lunchbox. (laughs) And yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Bumper stickers and yeah, you need one of the wristbands, you know, so oh, yeah. unfoldable wristbands so that people can like a triangular one. Yeah, witness on the triangular, and then yeah, on each side yeah. is. The... We'll talk later. Okay, now there is actually a, no, I'm actually working on a tract that is a pyramid. Well, it's it's triangular, but it okay. folds up into a pyramid, yeah. so you can uh, put it on the table, and then as you spin it around, you see the different uh, the different truths, huh? Huh? Always thinking. <laughs> Go back with that idea. Always thinking. <laughs> so, a gospel presentation that has Jesus at the centre. Yeah. So it's Jesus-centred evangelism, and and we're sort of having a look at an introduction to to three, two, one before we start three next week. That's right. Because I think I think Jesus introduces us to the three. You know, the Son of God shows us His Father and His Spirit. He introduces us to God. Uh, Jesus shows us the true nature of the world because mm. uh, it's Adam and Christ. Uh, Jesus um, shows us who we really are, mm. disconnected from him and Adam, connected to him in, in, in him. So it's it's Jesus who is our window onto all these things. And, and, and deliberately I wrote the, the presentation in that way um, because I so often evangelism that begins without Jesus mm. really struggles to... Uh, crowbar Jesus in later. Mm. If you start your gospel presentation without Jesus, it's going to be really difficult later on to say, oh, and by the way, Jesus came and solved everything. Oh, really? Who's this Jesus guy? (laughs) Well, you know, he's God. Oh, why didn't you mention him when you mentioned God? Mm. Well, I didn't want to confuse things. Well, you're confusing me now. (laughs) Or they say, you know, Jesus came to solve everything. Who's Jesus? Mm. Oh, well, he he's kind of the scapegoat that, that deals with all the problems. And then like, oh, man, that's that's not fair, is it? Like, if he's not God and he just gets zapped with all this stuff, how is that fair? <laughs> so starting with Jesus is just so very, very important. Mm. Um, and continuing with Jesus and, and focusing on Jesus with everything, everything else in evangelism is... It's the thing that simplified my evangelism more than anything else. Mm. So it's it's the it's the drum that I bang a lot. Yeah. 
there's a real need for it, I think, today because, I mean, I, we had some friends that uh, there was they met some young people. There were, I think, they were neighbours or just you know at the end of their garden or something, mm. and uh, they said, "Have you heard about this this man called Jesus?" Mm. Because it was about around Easter time, and you know they'd got the Easter eggs and everything. Mm. And they'd learnt at school that it was something to do with Jesus. Yeah. And I sort of said, who, who is this Jesus? You know, they completely yeah. didn't have any idea about, about who Jesus was at all. Yeah. Um, and hardly heard of his yeah. name, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's definitely something that, that is needed. And how scary is moment. that? When, when, you know, to know Jesus is to know the living God, um, to mm. be absolutely ignorant of him. Wow. Mm. Yeah. So we're looking at some of the distractions that distract from Jesus at the centre mm. uh, of our evangelism. Um, talking about religion, yeah, how that can be a yep. an obstacle. Yeah, yeah. So somebody says, you know, well, the Archbishop has just said this about the banking sector. What do you think? Well, <laughs> you, know, um, you might have an interesting conversation at that point. It won't yeah. be a particularly gospel conversation, mm. um, or, or whatever. All sorts of all sorts of religious talk that you can have. Mm that gets you nowhere in evangelistic terms. The classic case of the woman at the well in John chapter 4. They're having a spiritual conversation, and there's Jesus trying to offer her the living waters of his spirit, and yeah. she keeps saying, actually, you know, you Jews think that the right mountain is over there. We think the right mountain's over there. What, you know, do you want to weigh in on this religious argument? Mm. No, <laughs> says Jesus. No, no, not at all. Well, I mean, he does answer her question, interestingly enough. Mm. He, do, he does. He does sort of say, well... No, you're wrong. <laughs> Salvation is from the Jews. You need to come to me. But yeah, he's he's always bringing it to himself, and we should always be bringing it to Jesus. But yeah, religion can be a real distraction. Mm. And people teaching about sort of morality and things, yeah. Yeah. you know, rather than Christ, who demonstrates God's pattern, grace. Or, yeah. So you've got the sort of the, the moral crusader that that yeah. uh, goes around and says, you know, or you've. You've got to be good. You've got to, you know, mm. never, never cheat, never lie, never yep. steal. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, preaching sort of a, a message of goodness, yeah, um, rather than the one who is wholly good mm. has taken our, our goodness, taken our badness, and badness, given us his goodness. goodness. Yeah, I mean, yeah. What's the Christian position on this, that, or the other? Yeah. Um, whenever a non-Christian asks you that question, they are assuming that this is the centre of what you believe. Yeah. I mean, and it almost doesn't matter how much you say it's not the center. Yeah. It will be the center yeah. or whatever. Not, and so whatever the non-Christian says, you know, what's the Christian stance on this, that or the other? You've got to be so clear on, okay, I'll, I'll answer your question. But just so you know, this is not the center. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ and him crucified is absolutely the center. Yeah. But again, you know, issues of religion and issues of morality can be a real dis distraction. Mm. And doing works. To reach God, you've got to pray five times a day or you've got to do this particular ritual or mm. whatever. I mean, even in the church, we can say you must have a quiet time. You know, you must yeah. go to the prayer meeting. You must mm. do this. And that that can sort of give give the wrong, completely the wrong picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And so if you ask your non-Christian friends, what do you think really is at the heart of Christian faith? Um, hopefully they'd say Jesus. Yeah. But yeah, quite quite often they, they 
you could forgive them for thinking if mm. they just looked at us and looked at what we concern ourselves with, they could be forgiven for thinking that it was about all those things yeah. that you that you mentioned. That would be an interesting sort of mm. conversation starter, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think that yeah. Christianity is the main thing about Christianity? Yeah, yeah. What do you think is at the heart of Christian faith? I wonder what they would say. Yes. Probably love thy neighbour. I don't know. Which. Hmm. And then another distraction. It, perhaps you can explain this a bit, but uh, talking about God. Yes. <laughs> How can that be a distraction? Well, which God are you talking about? <laughs> you know, that's the thing. Um, and, you know, so so discussions about is there a creator or not? And, and what mm. about the fine-tuning of the universe? And all these sorts of debates that can be had. Um, you could You could have... Hours and hours and hours of discussion uh, about some whether there there might exist some kind of god, and you've got nowhere in an terms intelligent of, designer. Is there an intelligent designer or not? Is there a uh, an uncaused cause? Is there an unmoved mover? Is you know, is there than that which none greater can be conceived? That's um, <laughs> the old ontological argument uh, tells you about. So. And it just doesn't get you anywhere. It doesn't mm. get you anywhere. I, I was um, on Saturday doing a, a men's breakfast, and my title for the men's breakfast was "Which God Don't You Believe In?" And it was it was an evangelistic thing, and they were to bring non-Christian friends, and 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 it's yeah, just basically making the point that uh, you know if you don't believe in God, that's not the end of the conversation. Which God don't you believe in? And if you do believe in God, that's not the end of the matter either. <laughs> Which God do you believe in? Um, unless we're talking about the Jesus gods, who cares? Mm. It's the it's it's Jesus who we have to be absolutely, uh, relentlessly, resolutely focused upon, mm. um, because he is the image of the invisible God. Yes, and that's what that's what I preached on actually yeah. at, at the men's breakfast. Yeah, yeah, which which turns on its head everything we think about God and Jesus. Mm. We think God's obvious, and Jesus we're not so sure about. You go out into the street, you ask people in the streets, you know, do you believe in God? The majority will say yes. You ask them, do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Well, some say yes, some say no, some say a prophet, some say a myth. You know, everyone's everyone's uncertain about Jesus, but fairly certain about God. And actually, uh, Colossians 1 verse 15 turns that on its head. It says, Jesus is the image of the otherwise invisible God. God's unknown. Jesus is the one who is on show. So if if we want to talk about God at all, we have to talk about his image. Otherwise, he remains inv- invisible to people. Mm. So we must be absolutely obsessed with Jesus. Mm. Um, and, it's, and, it, you know, and it's a good thing. It's such an attractive thing to be obsessed with Jesus. You know, Lord Byron, the poet, said, if God's not like Jesus, he ought to be. Mm. And I really like that. I, I, think, I think that's a very theologically accurate statement, you know. Based on Colossians one fifteen and John one eighteen and John fourteen verse six and all these all these verses about Jesus being the mediator, mm. he reveals to us what God's like. And if and if we've imagined an unChrist-like God, then we haven't imagined the real God. Mm. Um, I was talking to a woman at uh, Exeter University last year, and, and um, she'd come out of Iran. And um, she was really, really interested, asking all sorts of questions about the Bible, about Jesus. And I said, what, what got you interested in, in Christianity? And she said, well, growing up in Iran, 
it didn't take me long to realize that whoever God was, he could not be the God of the Ayatollahs. Mm. And then she said, he has to be the Jesus God. Whoever else God is, he can't be the God of the Ayatollahs. He has to be the Jesus God. Mm. And absolutely, he does. And the good news is, he is. Mm. When we're looking at uh, some of these distractions from Jesus being the center, we can also look at the benefits Mm. of teaching the gospel with Jesus at the center. Mm. And the first thing we've got here is that he simplifies yeah. the gospel. He certainly, I mean, what's simplified my evangelism so much uh, in the last few years has been realizing my job is to offer Christ. Mm. It's not even to offer a certain presentation of the gospel like mm. 321. Yeah. The, whole, the only point of 321 is to say, let's really make sure that Jesus shapes God, the world, and you. And when you do that, you get three and two and one. Mm. But the the real purpose in evangelism is to paint Jesus in biblical and attractive colors and to say to the world, do you want him? Because he's offered to you. That That's what evangelism is. But, and it's not so much taking people through steps. I, I believe that there's creation and there's fall and there's Jesus' redemption and then there's the consummation when he comes back. I agree that there are those that sort of fourfold shape to the Bible's story. I agree with that. But Jesus shapes every bit mm. of it. And it's Jesus himself who people need, not so much doctrines about Jesus and not so much the doctrines that spin off from knowing Jesus. It's Jesus himself. Um, it's such a such a simplifying thing because it, it means that, you know, when I get up and give an evangelistic talk, for instance, I'm not thinking, oh, OK, there are six doctrines that I need to get across <laughs> so much as, you know, I I could do a really good talk and only get two of those doctrines across. <laughs> um what makes it a good talk or not a good talk is have I got Jesus across? Yeah. Have I, you know, painted him in these biblical colors? And it's just amazing to think that, you know, the gospel writers, you know, from the earliest times, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were known as gospels. They were known as, you know, the gospel, the good news according to Matthew, the good news according to Mark. Yeah. And amazing that they should be known as the gospel according to Luke, the gospel according to John, when what they are are stories about Jesus. Yeah. There was this time when Jesus met the leper and he reached out and he says, I'm willing, you be clean. And then he went and he called this tax collector guy and they went and had a meal. And then these nasty guys called the Pharisees came in and Jesus silenced them. And then Jesus went to another party and the prostitute, can you believe a prostitute came in and the prostitute was, you know, at his feet. What happened next? I'll tell you what happened next. You know, that's how the Gospels are written. Yeah, you know, and, and, and when Luke wants to tell you the good news, he says, let me tell you some stories. I got some great Jesus stories. Yeah. Why, why don't we do evangelism like that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> let me tell you my favorite Jesus story. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, that's, you know, that's what's more attractive and that's what's, that's what's simple. And it means that I don't, I don't need to be the evangelist that has a thousand different, you know, illustrations and some great mother-in-law gags and, you know, has the patter and could sell ice to Eskimos. And I don't, I don't need that. I just need to talk about Jesus. Mm. That's what evangelism is. And it's showing Jesus and, and you're basically introducing people to a person. You know, it's yes. relational. Yeah, exactly. Um, Rather than you know, here's here's all the texts. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. Read the doctrines for yourself. And, uh, yeah, and then do you there. assent to those doctrines? How many of those doctrines do you assent to? Tick the boxes. Can you tick those boxes? You know, as, as if you know, at, at the pearly gates, you know, there'll be an angel with a with a clipboard saying, "So, uh, the Did you believe birth, this? <laughs> yeah. Do you agree? Disagree? Strongly disagree? <laughs> like, 
No, no, it's 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 all about Jesus. What kind of faith are we trying to inculcate in people? What kind of faith are we mm. trying to produce as we preach our gospel? Are we just trying to get people to assent to that truth, that truth, and that truth? Mm. No, what we're, what we're actually trying to do is offer Jesus to the person where they say, you know what, I don't know about X, Y, and Z, but I, mm. I think I can trust this Jesus. Yeah. And if he says so-and-so, then I guess that's, that's what the matter mm. is. Because when you've got the person... Of yeah. Jesus, yeah. The doctrines yeah. follow. Yeah. Atonement yes. means at one ment, you know. And when you're at one yes. with Jesus, yes, you know, <laughs> yeah. the doctrines follow on. You know, exactly, exactly. And and you you can have all sorts of debates about what happens with the atonement, and they're important to have. But if your theory of atonement doesn't end up with you being at one with the Lord, mm-hmm. then there's something wrong. Yeah. We, were, we were talking before about um, the, the Day of Atonement. And, you know, you could, you could argue all you like about whether the scapegoat was more important than the goat devoted to the Lord or whether the bull was more important as a sacrifice. And you could have all these different models of what's going on with the sacrifice. The real deal is... There is Aaron carrying the blood mm. into the Lord's presence, and he's carrying his people on, on, on his heart with him mm. so that they are at one with the Lord. Mm. Um, so we need to be far more focused on our high priest, Jesus, mm. than we are on the mechanisms and, the, and, and all that kind of stuff. And I, I, I believe in penal substitutionary atonement and all other big words like that. <laughs> and I believe it's important to get that doctrine clear in our, our thinking and to communicate it in various ways as we speak. But what a travesty if we have the doctrine of penal substitutionary atonement and yet we don't offer the person of Christ, mm. the person who actually atones for us. Mm. That's that's at the centre of evangelism. Okay, well, <laughs> it's an intriguing start to the uh, to the three two one outline. So, are we going to get a bit of a sneak peek into three? Sneak peek into next week. We're thinking about how if if God is the Jesus God, as my Iranian friend called him, what does that mean? Well, Jesus, the Son of God, brings us to the Father. And introduces us to the Spirit who fills him. As, as as you are focused on Jesus, you get Trinity. It's very interesting. I, th- I think at the moment, Trinity is kind of flavor of the month. And people love the idea of Trinity. But I think somehow people are kind of getting Trinity, but not getting that Trinity means Jesus. Mm. They're kind of getting that Trinity is this lovely idea that God's a community of love. And we all like love. Love's lovely. Um, we love love. Great. But Trinity, more concretely, is the Son of God. Jesus has revealed to us his Father by the, by the Holy Spirit. And, and what Trinity means is that God is the God of Jesus. So again, next, next week, as we, as we think about three, God is three persons united in love, we'll think about how God being the God of Jesus is the starting point for our gospel. And from there, we'll flow out some really Jesus-shaped good news. Okay, well, that's uh, really something to look forward to for next time. If you have any comments about today's show, or if you've got any questions that you'd like to ask Glenn or myself, or you'd simply like to share it, you can go to revivalmedia.org slash TEP26. Thanks for listening to the Evangelist Podcast. Just before we finish, I want to tell you about our free daily prayer bulletin. 
It's a small 24-page booklet that tells 31 stories of what God's doing around the world. Did you know that the church in Egypt is uniting in prayer despite the recent unrest, or that the Wayu tribe in Colombia are enrolled in Bible training? You can hear more about it in our prayer bulletin. You can get it free of charge by going to revivalmedia.org bulletin. Again, the web address for this episode, where you can see that video of 321 as an animation, just go to this episode's show notes, which are revivalmedia.org tep26. Thank you.